reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of their elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? Jesus responded, Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever curses father or mother shall die. Yet you say, If someone says to father and mother, any support you might have had from me is korban, meaning dedicated to God, you allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on. And you do many such things. The Gospel of the Lord. There's great humility in today's first reading when Solomon opens up his arms before the people and prays. And he says, if the heavens in the highest heavens can't contain you, how much less this temple which I have built. Everybody was praising Solomon for the incredible beauty of the temple of Jerusalem. Everybody basically wanted to exalt him even more than a king would be exalted. Yet when he got up to pray, he recognized that as beautiful as that temple was, it was so small compared to the real beauty of God. It was that great humility which we're all called to emulate, that not even all the great works we can do can adequate, can come close to how good God is, to how beautiful he is. That we are never saved by what we do. We're always saved by God's gratuitous grace, which so far exceeds our capacity. That was at the heart of the problem of the scribes and the Pharisees that Jesus pointed out in the gospel. They thought that they could be saved by their own actions, that they could themselves build a life totally beautiful to the Lord. And it was done through their human traditions. What had happened over the course of the centuries was, if you look at the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers, you have a lot of legal prescriptions there. 
but there's a lot of leeway. We're given principles that the people were supposed to apply to themselves in all their circumstances. Let's just take one. Keep holy the Sabbath day. What did that mean? Meant, of course, that you would pray. Meant, of course, that you would separate yourselves a little bit from the world. That's what holy means in order to give yourself to the Lord. But how would that actually come about in practice? So after the exile, when the Jews came back, the class of scribes was formed to give definition to all of those principles. So they started to say, and this wasn't God, they started to say, you can't even light a match on the Sabbath because then you would be defiling it. You can't even help someone who's sick on the Sabbath because that would be work. And they started to do all of these minutiae, which weren't written down at the time. But this was the way that the law was constantly interpreted. So over the course of time, they developed things like the ritual purification of your hands before you ate. And this is one of the absurd things about their time. And they thought that this was what God really wanted. Before you would eat it, and it wasn't a simple thing of washing your hands to make sure you don't have germs on. It was a ritual purification, not an actual one. You would take one and a half eggshells of water, and you would pour it down over your hands like this until the water reached the wrist. And then when you did that, then you'd make a fist with one hand and start to ritually wash one. But now this would be dirty. And you'd open this up and you'd do the exact same thing. And now this would be dirty. So that the way that you would have to purify both of your hands again should have to put your hands down like this and starting from your wrist to your fingertips, you would pour another one and a half eggshells of water. Now it was very hard to do when you had both of your hands in this direction, how were you going to hold the eggshells? Nevertheless, somehow they figured it out. And this was the way they pleased God. Same thing with the kettles and the jugs. If you had a clay pot, it could become ritually impure on the outside, but not on the inside. How would it become impure if it touched anything that hadn't been consecrated to God or touched anyone who hadn't been consecrated to God or touched anyone who had come into contact with blood or a thousand other things. And if any of those things hit the inside of the pot, you'd have to destroy the pot. This was the way they thought God was to be pleased. This wasn't the commandments of the Lord. These were these human traditions. Jesus came and said very clearly, This people is a bunch of hypocrites, actors. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts were in doing these types of things, while inside, as he would say, they were full of dead man's bones. They were envious. They were judgmental. They carried hate in their hearts. Oftentimes they carried lust. So many of the things that we describe and see in the Sermon on the Mount, including breaking the real commandments, the end of today's gospel. Jesus talks about that practice of consecrating to the Lord, which was that word korban. That would be the means by which you'd say any profits or any money that I have is dedicated to the Lord. Started good, it was an act of consecration. 
But then they were beginning to use it as an excuse. When their parents needed something, they'd say, Korban, so that their parents would be in abject poverty and they themselves would say, I don't have to care for my parents anymore because everything that I have is dedicated to the Lord. There are also other abuses of this Korban. Somebody owed you money and was struggling to repay you. You could go up to the poor person and say, what you owe me is Korban. In other words, what you owe, you owe not to me. You owe to God because what you're going to give me, I'm going to give to God. And so therefore, you have to pay God back. And what would normally be done is when it would be paid back, lest the person die forever owing to God, the person would give just a portion over to God and keep the rest to himself. It was a total manipulation. Their hearts were far from the Lord. As we come forward into this beautiful temple, we recognize that it's just a tiny little glimpse of how beautiful God is, how beautiful heaven is. We're called to long for that. We're called to long for it with our hearts. Solomon, right before he described the beauty of the temple, which is so small compared to the beauty of God, said, you keep your covenant of mercy with your servants who are faithful to you with their whole heart. The Lord Jesus came and called us to love God with 100% from mind, heart, soul, and strength. We ask God to send the Holy Spirit so that we might, in fact, give our whole heart to God as we pray this greatest prayer ever, that it go from this altar to that beautiful temple built not by Solomon, but by Christ himself.